Boyhood friends, Ron and Dave. I mean, Ron and Delbert. I'm just kidding. Here's Ronna and Donna. Hey, you guys, what's going on? It's episode number 175 of the Ron and Don Show. He's Ron. I'm Don. We are social distancing today. I'm live from the Les Schwab Studios on Queen Anne, and he is live from the Les Schwab Studios in South Lake Union. Coming up on the Ron and Don Show, let's talk about this. Ron just found a knife with some blood on it. He showed me this thing the other day, and I'm like, hey, you need to call Seattle PD. And guess what happened when he called Seattle PD? You're not going to believe this story. Also, some new research out about when you should shower during the day, during a pandemic, because a lot of us are experiencing a brain fog. And scientifically, brain fog is actually a real thing that's going on in your brain. And uh, they may have come up with a way for you to either solve it or soothe it during the day also we get ready for trick-or-treating here in seattle and are you ready to live that nordic life before we get all to that let's get to this navigation teams in seattle is 31 officers they were fired or removed from the navigation team by the seattle city council the mayor tried to override that then the mayor was overridden by the seattle city council by a super vote as a result of that no navigation teams in the city And when you drive around this city, you guys, it is disgusting, absolutely disgusting. When you look at the city parks, when you look along the I-5 corridor, this is as worse as it's ever been. And think about where the city of Seattle is on this. You've gotten rid of your navigation teams. There's no one to help people out in the parks. I stopped by a park the other day, counted over 100 tents up in Ballard, and then I began to talk to the people in the park that were in the park and why they were in the park. And you know what they wanted? They wanted to see the Seattle Police Department back in that park. They wanted to see them back on the navigation teams. These are people that are living in the park. And you know why? Because they feel unsafe with some of the other people that are in the park. And then you start talking tent to tent. The city council always lies about this. And they say, everyone's from here. No, they're not. This is free Seattle. Everyone has come from all over the country because they know the services here are good. And what the hell? You can even set up your own state if you want to, like they did the chop a few months ago. And you can take over the city. And you can stop the police. You can stop the fire department from doing their job. That's exactly what happened. As a result of that, Carmen Best leaves the department. Chief no longer with us. Now she's on the NBC Today show as a contributor. Good for her. Ron, let's go back to this. Now the Seattle City Council is saying, well, maybe we want to bring eight of those cops back or create eight new jobs. What's happening here? Because I tell you, how are you going to have eight people handle five to 10 to 15,000 people that are living on the streets of Seattle right now? I don't think they're cops, Don. There's a, a story in the Seattle Times that said after defunding the police and doing the veto override that you just talked about, the city council got together and like, oh, yeah, there's still thousands of people 
living on the streets in the Pacific Northwest. What should we do? Here's the genius plan. It doesn't seem like they had it uh, uh, ready to go when they did this removal of the navigation team. Seems like they're making this up on the fly. They want to uh, do an emergency funding through the end of the year to put together eight people. It's a temporary city team with eight people on it, but check this out. Uh, It's unlike the navigation team. This is straight out of the Seattle Times. No city human services worker. So we're going to call them human services workers. No city human service worker will do outreach or engagement at encampments in the field other than for the purpose of sorting people's belongings. So now we're going to have eight people. I do not think they're officers. I just think it's eight people. Uh, going around and we're going to ask them to sort possessions you and i have been to a couple of these camps uh and outreach programs we are talking uh i don't know who in their right mind would want to be taking that job and sorting the possessions of people that are living in tents living in squalor uh there are rats around there are needles there are everything you can think of human waste everywhere uh this is incredible to me that this is the plan so this is the plan that they launched uh, when they came up with the the idea that let's get rid of the navigation team. No, they didn't launch this. That's not right. That's not right. I, I agree with you the first time around. They got caught up. They got caught up in all the emotion. Jenny Durkin got tied up in all the emotion. This is a summer of love. That'll be her doomsday if she decides to run here in the city of Seattle. She's unhirable to me because she got caught up in it. The summer of love. In the meantime, the East Precinct is burning. Officers are targeted. And then take a moment and just try to take your child into one of the Seattle City Parks. That's what I did the other day. We went to Ballard with my son. We took a scooter, took a skateboard. We tried to go skateboarding. The skateboard bowl there has all been tagged. And then there's people living inside the bowl down in the bowl. The spray park there has been turned off for a long time because that's where uh, people now bathe. And then I am used to going by that the Ballard Commons Park and maybe seeing five to ten tents because right next to it, there's been a tent encampment for a long, long time. The people in the tent encampment that's run by the city, they don't even want the people from the city park in their encampment because they feel like they're so dangerous. You walk around the encampment, and this is what I did without my son. I returned because I'm writing a story about this right now, and I started talking to people. I talked to Rodney. He's an African-American. He's in a wheelchair. He's reading a book, and Rodney doesn't know where to go. He's a, he's, he's a vet. He was as sober as the day is long, but he is paralyzed from the waist down. And he used to be able to go into libraries, for instance, during the day. Those libraries are cold. He can't get in. He's been driven to the park. He lives in a tent in the park. And he said, it is so freaking dangerous. It is so scary. And he said, with the navigation teams, you knew that the navigation teams were coming around. You knew that there were officers there that cared about you, that would help you, that would help connect you with services. And if you've never met some of these police officers from the navigation teams, you guys, these these are like, think about the kindest minister you ever met in the church you were growing up. And hopefully your church wasn't weird. Mine was a little weird. But but think about that person or think of, we had a, a guest on the other day, Debbie Rosenfeld, who's a chaplain up in Snohomish. And you could just feel the love. 
the care that came out of her, you, you, you feel loved when you're around Debbie. You just do. And that's the way it was like to be around these cops. I've been there when they're helping people work on their motorhomes. The navigation team would help these people work on their motorhomes so they could move those motorhomes. They would help them get services somewhere in trouble with the law. They would help them find food. They would help them find shelter. They'd help them find clothing. They'd help reunite families. And they knew every single name of everyone throughout Seattle. And, and we don't know that anymore. And as far as sorting stuff, like, who's going to do that job? You know who was doing that? It wasn't the navigation team sorting people's stuff. It was the DOT, the Department of Transportation, navigating all that stuff. And you know what? You can sit there and navigate all this stuff. Nobody comes for it. Nobody comes for it. I used to date someone that ran one of these teams with the DOT and the sorting of stuff and all this stuff. And it's like, you know what? We sort all this stuff, and then nobody comes for it. And we end up throwing it all away anyway. Because if you take that stuff and sort that stuff, typically, if you're living in a park, you're not going to go downtown Seattle and pick that stuff And the irony of that is that we are paying to house people's possessions and not paying to house the people. You know, we confiscate possessions and pay to house them. So, and you teased it, so I'll get it in here real quickly. Uh, I was taking my garbage out uh, maybe a week or so ago, and there was a knife, a, a very functional folding knife probably three to four inches long. It, it, it was just discarded. It was open. The blade was open. It was discarded on the ground. And it appeared to have dried human blood on it. Uh, and I live about a mile away from one of these sanctioned uh, tiny house villages that, that, that has homeless people in it. And so I uh, said, oh, my gosh, like maybe there was a murder or a stabbing in my neighborhood uh, with these people. They're just living on the streets. We've talked about uh, the other direction up the street. I see the guys doing drugs under the bridge all the time, uh, men and women. So I, I picked it up. I uh, contacted the Seattle Police Department. An officer came out and she looked at it as a young female police officer. And she sort of said, she goes, I don't know if that's human blood. It looks more like heroin residue to me than mm-hmm. human blood. And wow. uh, she packed it up, got my name and information. We put it in a paper bag, and she said, we're going to get it tested, and I'll cross-check and see if someone was stabbed in this neighborhood. But that is the kind of environment that we are living in right now. And I'm sorry, the eight people that are going to be temporary human services workers, what are they going to do if they caught that person with a knife high on heroin? Like, what are they going to do? If you're one of these eight people that are sorting people's belongings, can I sort your open knife for you while you're high on heroin, sir? Can I sort that? Like, I, I don't understand what the, what the end game is here. Yeah, this is, this is how quickly things can turn. And again, I was dating a cop a, a number of years ago, and they were on uh, state patrol. And one of her trooper was, troopers was down on I-5. And he was called down there because there was a naked man down on I-5. And he was a homeless person that the police knew. They knew his name. And so here we are (laughs) on I-5. This particular trooper, he pulls his police vehicle up to help this gentleman out to see if he can get him off I-5 to see what he can do. Uh, so he, it, it looks like kind of a normal, <laughs> and the, the city of Seattle, it has become normal. 
it, it looks like a kind of a normal day on I-5. What happened is I used to live down in the Yale area and down where RI is in South Lake Union and all the tech. There's lots of abandoned buildings down there, you guys. And that's where the homeless population of Seattle lived. They lived down there. And when Amazon came in and took over those buildings and they were all torn down, most of them by Paul Allen and rebuilt. Now Amazon's in there, tech's in there. Everybody needed a place to go. You kicked them all out of the jungle. You kicked them all out of South Lake Union. So they literally hang off of I-5. This trooper pulls up. He engages this man. And think about if this is one of these uh, new workers, right, that are down there. Human resources. Human Human resources. Yeah. And who wants that job? Nobody does. You'll just stay at home and get a check from the government and stay unemployed. So nonetheless, the next thing he knows, dude pulls out a pipe pulls out a pipe and starts coming after this trooper and the trooper jumps in his vehicle. Cause he's like, okay, this guy's naked. He has a pipe. He's coming at me with a pipe. And I read a report on this. So this trooper jumps in his car. This guy starts banging on this state patrol car with a pipe. And then he starts banging on the windshield and this trooper puts his car in reverse and waits for backup and help. If that's one of these workers and this happens, that worker's dead. This trooper's alive today. My understanding is he walked away from police work. My understanding is that he walked away from police work after this incident. He said, you know what? This is crazy. I know other troopers that have left this area. They've joined other agencies. They're in other parts of the state, even though you get paid more to be in the city of Seattle. She get paid a lot more. Anyway, we have lost our minds. The city council has lost their minds. Is there any way to get Chief Carmen Best back? Because she was the best and she should run for mayor. And you know what? She'd win. He's Ron. I'm Don. The Nordic Life. Also, when should you shower during a pandemic? We'll talk about it next. It's episode 175. We are live from the Les Schwab Studios only on the Ron and Don Radio Network. Hey, you guys, listen up. It's uh, Ron and Don here for Les Schwab. You know, the changing seasons. It's happening today right in front of our eyes. Hey, it's time to start thinking about winter driving conditions. And there's going to be a lot of people that are going to be driving this winter because they're not fly, right? So whether you're going to grandma's house, whether you're going on that ski trip, whether you're finally, finally going to go get some lessons when it comes to snowboarding, Les Schwab, you want to make sure you stop by one of their 85 locations here in Western Washington before you hit the road. Yeah, some easy things to check out, and we just did this for my dad. Uh, your windshield wipers, your headlights, taillights, front and rear defrosters, your blinkers and backup lights. Make sure everything is working properly when it starts getting dark so early. Some more difficult items to check out, and this is where Les Schwab comes in to help out. Your brakes, your alignment, your suspension, your batteries, and your tires. So important when it gets wet around here. Schedule a time at leschwab.com or stop by your local Les Schwab store for a free pre-trip safety check they do a visual inspection for some of your vehicle's most important parts and they can help you decide if you need winter tires that's les schwab doing the right thing matters i don't think we'd have this house if it hadn't been for ron and don if you find yourself dreaming about a new home go from just a dream to the dream team schedule your time at ron and this house popped up 
As soon as we saw it, Ron and Don were here. <laughs> Don came with Ron. He was incredibly well prepared. There were houses we were interested in. They would go and preview them if we wanted. One time, Ron went and then FaceTimed us as he walked through several houses for us so that we wouldn't have to come over and waste the trip. I was surprised how quickly, especially after meeting with Don, how quickly they kind of zeroed into what I was looking for, and I don't think we would have like found this house or been as successful with another realtor or doing it without, I can't imagine doing it without a realtor. I was just um, so impressed with their professionalism, their competence, their responsiveness, their respectfulness of our process. Ron uh, basically did a check for the areas that I said I was interested in buying. He gave us a whole list of uh, properties that were available. He came with us Sunday morning and we looked at probably five different places. It was a very smooth process. I think that they definitely brought their heart and soul. They did a great job. The market was super hot. We were just such beginners that we didn't know that we would be able to compete. We got so lucky. I don't think we could have gotten this house without Ron and Don. Don't forget, when you're ready to sit down and start your real estate journey, schedule your time with the guys at ronanddonsitdown.com. You're listening to The Ron and Don Show on the Ron and Don Radio Network. All right, you guys, welcome back to The Ron and Don Show. It's episode 175. Ron, we just come out with some uh, new books that we wrote. People always say, you should write a book. So we wrote a couple, right? Yeah, we do. We have a buyer's book and a seller's book for real estate. Don and I work with Windermere Midtown. And if you are on that process, this is a great introductory step where you go, I, I haven't bought and sold anything in a while, or maybe this is the first time I'm going to buy something. Uh, and you're like, what is it like right now? It's probably very different than when you got in the game or if you've never been in the game. So email me, ron at windermere.com, ron at windermere.com. I will send you the book. It's free of charge. And it's a conversation starter. We're hoping that it will educate you a little bit, but also raise some questions. How does this apply to my situation? What are my uh, what are my next steps? And then eventually we'll have a run it on sit down with you and start your real estate journey. Yeah, the other thing that we do, you guys, is we create a team. And for instance, we're working with Team Bronco right now. And these are Bronco fans that are moving to Colorado or Team Lone Star. They are from Texas and they moved to the Seattle area because they're in tech. So what we did for Team Bronco and Team Lone Star is we introduced them to our team. Do you know there's about 25 people that will be involved in your one real estate transaction? About 25 people. That blows me away. And you got to make sure that your closing agent, that he can close. You have to make sure that if you have a transaction coordinator, that they can coordinate the transaction. And you also have to make sure that the yard guy shows up because if your house doesn't look like it's ready for a TV show, you're not going to get top dollar. You're just not because everybody watches all the TV shows and they want to buy a house just like the one they saw on TV. That's what we do. That's what Ron and Don do at Windermere is we put together a team. Team Bronco, Team Lone Star. What would be the name of your team, I'd ask you? Let's build a team together. Let's sit down. Just go to Ron and Don, sit down. Com. Here we are. I was thinking about this this morning. I was up early doing some work, and then I drove to uh, get a quick cup of coffee. And as I, I was driving back, I looked at the clock, and I said, wow, it's 6.30 a.m., 
it is pitch dark. And if it was July, typically when I get up to exercise, I can go run before five o'clock in the morning and I'm running in the sunshine. Ron, this freaks a lot of people out. I remember that we had coworkers when the darkness came, the darkness almost fell over their whole being. Now I'm really concerned about COVID-19, isolation, uh, people not getting together for Thanksgiving, for Christmas, maybe kiddos not trick-or-treating and connecting with neighbors and other kids. Um, you've read something this morning, and I've read something this morning about when you should shower, so I'll get to that in a moment. But you read something about this new Nordic life we, we're supposed to embrace, right? Well, it's not new. It's new to us. There's a, scan, there's a couple Scandinavian concepts, and there's a lot of Scandinavian heritage in the Pacific Northwest, and this also comes out of Seattle Times, where um, we've all probably heard by now this concept of hygge, and that's this uh, coziness inside. And there's this whole cottage industry of different things you can buy and rub and blankets and coffee mugs and all these uh, that elicit this feeling. Well, there's another concept uh, in Scandinavia, and I'm going to butcher these words, friluslev. And it's basically, it's loosely translated to free air life. And so it's really a mindset that they have because it's very similar there to here in latitude where the darkness comes and then you have kind of this long, dark winter that involves a lot of rain and snow and inclement weather. And so the, the, the Norwegians and Scandinavians just said, hey, it, it's, it's our God-given purpose to embrace this and to be outside and to be in the free air. And they, it goes into great depth on, on things that they do and the way that their society is structured. But I, I think it's a, a good reminder to people like me, like a lot of times, uh, like you said, during the summer months, I'll get up, it's, it's sunny outside, I'm feeling good, I'll walk down uh, to the lake and sort of get a little exercise in and get some fresh air, listen to a podcast. But if I wake up and it's drizzling or it's raining sideways or there's a little bit of wind and I open the door and it's chilly, it's like, ah, maybe I'll just stay inside today. And so they just talk about embracing this mindset of free loose lev or free air living uh, to where you go, I'm going to get the right gear. If I need some uh, rain boots, I'm going to get rain boots. If I need a better jacket, I get a better jacket. And that you go out and embrace it. This is where you've chosen to live. Or maybe you didn't choose it. Maybe you ended up here for some other reason. This is what you've got. This is where you live. This is the climate that is here. And so you can embrace it. You can find a way to stay dry, stay warm, and still get out there and, in a sense, celebrate the Pacific Northwest, even when we're in these dark times. I have not historically done a great job with that. And so after reading this story, um, I am going to do better. I am going to get out there and take the extra three minutes to put on a couple more layers and get out and sort of embrace this concept. I think you've done a better job at this than I have. Um, and it seems like it's made a difference for you. It, it bring, even if you're outside and it's cold and it's dark, uh, you throw a headlamp on and you're still out there embracing the world. Well, you know what helps? Uh, and this is really hard to do. When you get up first thing in the morning, uh, just take a cold shower because the cold shower is so miserable. If you can stand <laughs> a cold shower, uh, then going outside is going to be a picnic to you guys. So I look at this differently. Uh, what has happened with COVID-19 is it's driven people out onto the trails. These are trails that I love to run. 
And for a season here, I have stopped running the trails. I haven't talked about it here in a couple months because going out in the trails used to remind me of my freedom. And now it just reminds me, it would get me mad as hell because there's all these people, they're leaving garbage in all these places I run. So I'm getting mad at them. I'm getting mad at the garbage. There's people that have masks on, masks off. People all see it differently. You'll see groups of 12 kids together, not social distancing. And so you're running around, and this this used to be my freedom run and how I'd recenter myself, and I would just find myself getting damn mad the whole time. Like, why isn't that person wearing a mask? And why are these people not social distancing? And then when you run by, even if you have a mask on, people turn their back to you because they're horrified that you're going to leave an aerosol in the air and they're going to catch COVID-19 from you. And if you look at some of the research, maybe they're right. So anyway, what this weather has done, it's driven people from the parks. They're at home. They are drinking their over, out of their oversized mug uh, that they bought. It says, hello, grandpa, uh, at Walgreens uh, in a fire sale last year after the holidays. So they're drinking out of that. And uh, maybe they're sitting at home and they're making some cookies. And that allows me to be back out on the trails because uh, I've recently gotten back out there. And on days like this, where it's kind of miserable outside, it's great for me because nobody is out there. So it's great to return to the trails, not have a lot of folks out there. So I'm hoping for some really bad weather this winter. And I will also tell you, if you're going to run the trails, you step in every mud puddle. Sometimes I get down, I roll around on it. There's something about being connected to the earth and to Mother Earth. I really believe that. And uh, it is life-changing. So... So you are anti-free loose live. Stay at home, you guys, this winter. Be cozy so Don and Ron and Don can get back out on the trails. He's Ron. I'm Don. Episode 175. When should you shower during a pandemic? Let's talk about it. The other side of this. your help to spread the word that Ron and Don Radio can now be heard worldwide on your phone at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Anchor FM. Please tell someone and hit subscribe. All right, you guys, welcome back to Ron and Don Show, episode 175, Brain Fog. Ron, have you ever had brain fog? What does the words brain fog mean to you? Uh, Of course I have. I think everybody has it. I I mean, uh, I think for me, it typically happens around two, three o'clock in the afternoon where you're just like, oh, like your energy level drops a little bit. Uh, You feel your thinking is not as sharp as it was. And and with the type of stuff that we do where it's very detail oriented and you really have to concentrate by the mid to late afternoon, my brain is just like, all right, dude, we're done. Like, do something that doesn't require you to have that much focus. So, of course. So, do you get brain fog? Yeah, I do. And I want to talk about this. If you guys go to Well and Good online, uh, I read Well and Good every day. And the thing I like about Well plus Good is they take a lot of information that I always don't understand because it's pretty technical. And they boil it down. Hang on here. Hey, Bubba. It's you got to eat your breakfast, man, because you got to be. Hang on. This is just going to be baked into the podcast. (laughs) What's going on? Sorry. I just didn't didn't know if this was a dirty thing or not. It's not. Does it look dirty? 
No. Yeah, I, no, I put it out for you. So come up here, the milk's in the fridge, and you got about eight minutes to eat, okay? So we started out ahead of the game, and now we're a little behind, so we got to catch up. All right? Mm -hmm. All right, man. You have a good morning? Yeah. Okay. I didn't interrupt you. You didn't interrupt. You didn't interrupt. Mm -hmm. This is not trust your radio. You can interrupt anytime you want. Okay, here we go. So anyway, if you go back to... Uh, and read well and good. There, there's a lot of technical information that they will boil down and they'll take someone like me who's not the smartest person in the world. And then it kind of makes sense to me. So I was reading something on well and good last night and it talks about the brain fog that we all might be experiencing during pandemic. So I just want to read this. It says with the anxiety that comes, Hey Bubba, you can't, you can't sing during the podcast. What are you singing? Okay. Hang on. With the anxiety that comes with living during a pandemic, you may feel brain fog even more than you used to, uh, explains Dr. Pina Kasawa. Uh, that's an assistant professor at New Jersey Medical School. In medical terms, you can boil down brain fog into a few things. When somebody's feeling more anxious or more distracted as a result, they may feel like they have a lack or more of a lack of energy than they do normally. Uh, then they talk to some cognitive scientists, and they say another reason we might be experiencing more brain fog right now is because our brain this is this is fascinating. Our brain isn't working to take in new information. This is important. The brain is a habit-making machine. So we're in, we're in habits, and we're doing the same thing in the same way. It's easy for the brain. The brain just goes on automatic pilot. But if you're not too keen. Uh, and then they go on and they talk about what happens when your brain is not on automatic pilot and has to work so hard. They say, how do you actually take a shower? And they say, uh, instead of taking a shower in the morning, maybe take a shower midday when you start feeling brain fog. They say, if you don't, if you don't have an opportunity to take a shower midday and you think about the stimulus and the blood that is released uh, in the shower and why we always feel so much better, it helps clear up that brain fog and it returns energy because of the blood flow that's in us. They say, even if you're somewhere where you can't shower, if you do some aerobic activity, even if you take some time to stretch, uh, Ron, every once in a while, when he feels stressed, uh, in fact, I'm looking on a Zoom call right now and you see guitars in the background and he'll pick up a guitar and he'll play his guitar. Uh, they say, if you have an instrument and you can keep it near you during the day to pick up your instrument, several times a day when you take a break and go ahead and play that instrument. And what it will do is it will help release and create energy uh, and some of that pent up brain fog. If you want to read more about that, we'll put it in the show notes. And uh, it's really, really helpful, you guys, if you read well and good every day. Again, maybe the best time of day to shower for you and me if we're working from home uh, is during the midday. So that's going to be something that I try. I'm going to give that a try. Wait, you're going to the shower? Yeah. How about that? Happen? Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> He's Ron. I'm Don. It's episode 175. Thanks, you guys, for giving us great lives. That's my son over there. And I don't think we'll edit that out. I just think we'll just leave it in. <laughs> He's eating live cereal right now. If Mikey likes it. Gunner likes it. It must be good. Hey, I got to walk the dog. Ron, you have to go do some real estate stuff. I'll see you later. And also, I got to do what a lot of parents are doing is I got to prepare for homeschool uh, this morning. Anyway, you guys, we're going to get through this together. Uh, and we know COVID-19 can be real tough. 
uh, especially this time of year. So take care of yourself. Keep looking out for each other. Keep reaching out. Don't get isolated. Don't do that. Do not listen to me. Don't get isolated. Keep reaching out to people. And if they're not reaching back, you tell them to reach back. Just spirit of whatever it takes right now. All right. Don't forget, Ron, we have these uh, brand new books that we wrote. And people can reach out and get an ebook right now. We'll give them some reading material before they jump in the shower, right? Yeah. It's uh, Ron at windermere.com. Just shoot me an email with your name and a little bit of info, and I will send that back to you straight away. All right. Episode 175 is in the books. Sorry, this is a little crunchy today, but we have a lot going on, and we just had to record this on our computers. We'll be back on microphones uh, tomorrow, okay? He's Ron. I'm Don. You keep your head up. You keep your shoulders back. That's got O'Neill over there eating some cereal. All right? Thanks for giving us great lives, like I said, and we will talk to you next time only on the Ron and Don Radio Network. Hey, thanks for listening to the Ron and Don Show. Now keep your head up and your shoulders back and find some black belt courage. Ah! I'm not kidding.